0: hello everybody welcome to do another episode of the bugger podcast. My name is Ram. I'm joined by Sid, and we'll be interviewing LaVesh today, founder of Learn Bunger app. Hello, LaVesh, How are you doing today?
1: Great. How about you? I'm doing well.
0: Excellent. I'm tired. Ram is tired as hell. Yeah, he's, he's not. To look at those eyes. I tried. I can't. We can't yeah. act. It's like For all people on the people in the podcast, AM. I can't see my eyes. <laughs> they <I'm pretty> operate tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, having judged a few a few times this year, and uh, how long have you been judging? Um, I'm not. I don't even know like when you started.
1: I'm not really sure either. Um, (laughs) Let's go with, yeah, throw twenty, thirteen out there. Thirteen. So
0: what? What would you say to the circuit as a whole, or you know, because you have the stage right now? Yeah. Is something that teams kind of like comp in and comp out, like something that teams very much lack in from a technical standpoint. Yeah. Basics, fundamentals where can teams truly get better and, and really, easy, really easily get better?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, man, your question like led me to, to the answer I already wanted to get to. Um, you know, I said the biggest thing I've seen is I just don't see teams getting better at executing the actual step. I should say maybe performing the step. Uh, people think they're clean and that's good execution, but there, seems, there just seems to be a big misconception with a lot of teams that just because you did the step and you did it clean means you did it well. But That's not true, right? There is a way to really maximize each and every step. And I think the idea is whether you, you know, whether you did Bunga at, yeah, for example, PAU has a different way of doing it than DAV. a slightly different way of doing a certain step than Kalsa College, but... The bottom line is looking big, tall, powerful. You know, having um, uh, a good shoulder, chest shake is pretty common in, in all traditional folk elements of let's not even call it traditional. It's called folk elements of bungalo. So those are things I keep seeing that haven't gotten necessarily better uh, as a whole for the circuit. Some teams, you know, I, I can I can see the improvement over time, um, but. I think that's one thing that's it's disappointing. There there's still so many teams and these aren't fusion teams. These are bungalow teams that are doing their fuss and us straight up. And uh you know i mean the whole the name of the step right i mean it's corresponding with the with wheat and, and the field of wheat is kind of what you're trying to emulate you know swaying in the wind so if you're doing your fuss on straight up you're not really looking like you know wheat swaying in the wind so i still see even a simple thing tamal right many people have their knees back in tamal and their legs are in when you want to have the knee obtuse kind of a thing so those are those are things i just feel i think Teams forget when they when they do Bhangra that, oh yeah, I know the steps so and now it's just choreography. But what about actually maximizing the execution of that step itself, performing that step? That's the underlying, in my opinion, that is the crux of, of when you're watching a Bhangra performance and you're judging it, right? Each and every step has its own life, its own story, its own way of executing it. And so if you don't maximize each and everything, to me, you're missing the foundation and really like the essence uh, of the Barna performance if you don't take those steps and really do what you can with them.
0: So, this is kind of off the cuff, but yeah. we have a guest with us, Priyanka. <laughs> so, Priyanka, you you dance for...
2: Ujjay uh, Talwar.
0: Ujjay Um I'm not sure, you know, tell us like how, you know, you would go consider <laughs> you guys a newish team or mm-hmm. something like that. So, take this opportunity to ask LaVache anything
2: okay <laughs> no don't be scared what um, you got for me my, so my like, main concern is that especially in the southeast what i've noticed in general is like we lack in teams we also lack in talent it's very hard to bring about a new team every single year yeah. and try to incorporate style and technique and skill and everything sure. in enough time to get into comps like even if we do have teams in the Southeast, most of us do like regional comps, in-state comps, nothing in the real, real hunger circuit. It's usually like a Bali, like Bali fusion, fusion competition. Comp. Sure. And there's like, like yeah. <laughs> so right. my concern that like department, I guess, is that like, what should we do in those kind of situations? Like how do they grow? Yeah, what Should they do to better their technique and to build a stronger foundation? To move forward
1: from where they are now? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I know it's like the toughest thing. And um, it's a, it's one problem that not just the South, but like collegiate teams face with the churn, right? I think we all, we all can agree to that. Um, that that's, that's just life, right? Um, but I think the most difficult thing, right? When you're, uh, when you're looking at, you know, there are two routes you can take. All right. One route is you can say that, I'm going to try to win, and I'm going to try to base that winning off of the circuit that we're in today. All right, and there are certain things you can do. I think as a team, to maybe necessarily uh, get ahead in this circuit, where it's not that you have to have the best bhangra because the rubric itself, right, has other elements in it. Um, so execution is part of a rubric. And step execution, I'm saying specifically, but there still is there's still many many rubrics that have like creativity as a big big component of it, right? So you have sometimes teams winning who may not have the best like per se execution of bhangra step, for example, but they have these other things checked off, whether it be musicality, whether it be the gimmicks or creativity. Um, formations whatever you may have um so you know in that situation if there's a churn and yeah obviously the ideal answer is you just get really good at it and you keep practicing and you know you put in your time and yeah it'll pay off that's the other route you can take but the other thing you can look at is you know how can you make yourself stand out in those aspects of it right so it's not easy to be creative right i mean that's that's just something that You know, you. I guess you kind of have to have, or kind of don't, or or maybe you're lucky one day and you're not the next day, or maybe certain drugs help and others don't. I I don't know, right? But um, (laughs) everybody has their own method. Let's be honest. I mean, those of you listening on here, you know, and we know some of you have done, but um, you know, and you're in that situation. Try to try to find those X factors, especially when you want to get into just a comp I think that's the main goal right because I know that feeling Right. it's really
2: just getting through the door yeah honestly because once you're through regardless of how you place or how you end up doing on stage it's what you learn that weekend from other teams exactly
1: right great point great point right and and it's a huge motivational factor mm-hmm. once you get into one everybody walks away that Saturday night or that Sunday morning and everybody has a smile on their face I'm like oh we can't wait till the next comp right mm-hmm. whereas the week before I mean they were all bitching about oh, I have studies and I can't do it because of exams and no, you felt like your team was going to fall apart and, and you know the week after that day after the comp it's like oh we're like on the our golden years, or whatever, now we feel like after we did a comp, so um, I definitely get that feeling, and I think maybe to get your door in, that's the way to go, right? Try something that maybe hasn't been done if, if the Bhangra foundation is still gonna just take time, um, and uh, um, whether it be through, like I mentioned, a, a creative type of step, uh, creative formations, some type of gimmick that has to do with you know something that represents you guys, you know, stay true to, to you, you know, if you're UGA, uh, you got the Bulldogs, uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, you, you guys are doing really good at football that year or something. And, and that you're about to, the
2: case, yeah, well, is.
1: you know, I mean, you're an SEC team. So, you know, maybe, maybe this is your year. You win it. You do something around that theme. You know, that's just something that's you that represents your school that represents something about you know, something you can tie into. And that would reflect, I think, well in your performance if you tied your pangra to that because it's something you can relate to. Um, and, and hopefully that's something like that gets you in the door. And then everybody's more motivated to learn pangra after that. And then your pangra naturally gets better. I know it's a tough battle and uh, there's no perfect answer to it and there never will be. But that's just one thing I've seen a couple times. I've seen hints of that work. Right. An idea.
2: What are some like some ways that they could... Uh, learn some skills at least, like Bunga-wise. Ram just woke up. Morning, <laughs> morning sunshine. We'll
0: go back to
2: sleep
1: with that. No. I'm sorry. Could you repeat the <laughs> yeah. question? I was very distracted. <laughs> uh,
2: no, what I was saying. Um, what kind of resources do you think are out there, especially like with today's like day and age? I'm pretty sure it's easier to get access to that kind of stuff that they could use to like help develop higher level of skill.
1: The biggest thing is, uh, you know, you don't want to be having too many cooks in the kitchen, but a wide team organization structure. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is many times, especially with, uh, I've seen with like, smaller areas or smaller collegiate teams you have one person who's the glue holds the entire team together they're the ones who are always doing the choreo the mixes i mean they're the ones who are failing because they're trying to make eye like you know their life uh, and the rest of the team is just showing up at practice and three people are late every practice kind of thing and that's always you know use shouldn't say always but it's pretty much a recipe for disaster because there's not longevity in that type of model there is um there's not shared motivation in that type of model, so I think when you establish your team, uh, it's almost good to have multiple people at that head role because that shares the liability of, of the team continuing and and you know failing or whatever, and that also creates that organizational structure so that when those one of those two leave, or let's say those two people who are at the top leave, you have, a let's say, a vice president or whatever filling in. Um, that's what I've seen that successful teams who have continued to be um, uh, in the collegiate scene for some time, at least just from my perception, they seem to have a very good organizational structure. I think dividing roles and responsibility is is very important in making sure that not one person is in charge of everything, no matter how good they are.
0: And now, a quick message from one of our sponsors. Double O Threads is a leading provider of customized apparel. Having served over 100 dance competitions and teams since its inception, Double O Threads ensures an easy ordering process and seamless delivery of everything ranging from t shirts to snapbacks. Mention the Barda podcast while ordering and Double O Threads will provide a discounted rate. Visit Double O Threads. That's the word double, the letter O, threads.com for more information. And now back to the Bhangra podcast.
2: I always wondered like what it would be like if, um, like people that have like, already, like kind of like retired from mm-hmm. being on a team, <clears throat> if they were to like kind of take their time, kind of like spread out and kind of like take different, like newer teams yeah. under their wing almost.
1: Yeah, I think that's I a think- great idea. I mean, it's, I think to your point, the only reason that doesn't, well, not the only reason, but I think one of the reasons that doesn't happen is there is like the serious fragmentation uh, across the whole circuit. Um, you know, and, and maybe if it's it's even part of the ego thing of being uh, a burnout dancer, right? I mean, the dance itself is a very like proud, proud kind of confident dance, right? Yeah. Um, in its very nature. So it's almost like, ah, I got to do things my way with my team and seeking out help. Doesn't come naturally to many many, um, you know, teams and people. So, I think the disjointed nature of you know once people retire, so to say, or move to a different area and they're done with punk quote unquote, you know, they're not known. It's to your point, you know, maybe there's some crazy great dancers in in you know the UGA area, and the Athens area that nobody knows about because they just they danced to some great team and then they moved around a little bit and then they ended up there and they're like, I'm done with Bung It's been a few years. I'm like, Mm-hmm. You know they just kind of move on and there's no like kind of connection system, um you know that that's one thing and like I mentioned I think the other thing is maybe the team okay, I'm not saying of course that your team's like this but as an example maybe UJ is like all right I have to you know do things in in our way we have to prove that you know we're good. and so there's no attempt to go seek out you know some of those people, um those those are just two things that I think that might be the reason based off some prior experiences that I've seen definitely not the only only ones but um I think I think that you bring up is an It was like a phenomenal point because I think there's resources almost anywhere and everywhere at this point to pretty much help everybody. Um, And I think, you know, uh, if people uh, once people leave Bhangra, I know it's very hard to completely leave Bhangra. It's always always a part of a way to come back. Yeah, it's a pretty open circuit. It is. Right. And I think those dancers who retire, uh, they. Probably would want to come back maybe in that capacity as a coaching rather than having mm-hmm. to worry about dancing in every practice and kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're like a retired dancer, you're like, go find a team.
2: I mean, it's, mm-hmm. a fair, it's a fair thing to consider because like Fusion has so many resources. You've got dance studios out there. You've got dance instructors literally in every state, every town that's like ready to teach you yeah. every level of Fusion. Great point and you don't have that for bubble You have some in Canada, you have some up northeast, yeah. you have some in Cali, but it's really dry like in the South. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
1: tell me about it. You're, you're right, it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it was, uh, it was interesting in North Carolina, you know. I don't
2: even know how you found a mentor in North Carolina. I, I
1: still can't imagine that, but you know, that that's what proved to me. If we can be in a random state, you know, kind of in the middle of not a, I mean, there's a decent sized Desi population, but it's not one that's, you know, astronomically bigger than places in the Northeast or Cali or whatever, and, you know, we happen to have a few people. And there's not just one, but there's you know people who have done bhangra, mm-hmm. folks out bhangra in Punjab who have you know some solid knowledge about, um, yeah, you know those those aspects that we all kind of crave to learn. It's it's out there. You know, you just kind of have to sometimes get lucky and and find it. And also, it has to be reciprocated by that person too. So that's true. Yeah. Seek and you'll receive yeah
0: <laughs> ask and you shall receive exactly I definitely think that you know uh, I think I think people are also afraid to ask for help yeah and they're like oh why would so why would so and so help me kind of thing mm-hmm. I think people forget that you know as much as <laughs> Louis will call himself a bastard, he's an extremely
1: nice guy and, you know, go, you know oh, good you and people. am you know, gonna share this mix Eminem so stop asking I know you are <laughs> 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 I'm just getting good as <laughs>
0: but, but you know what I mean it's just like you know be, you know, people ask you hey Levesh can you help me out with this they're just not going to say no No, you know, love it,
2: it comes down to like your love for the dance and you yeah. would do it and,
0: and but, but I, was, I just think that people are you know I don't there's just that I don't know if they're afraid I don't know if they're scared I don't know mm-hmm. if they just slap themselves out or they're just like you're yeah, <clears> just <throat> not going to help me or I don't know what it is right mm-hmm. but then you know Call it shameless, maybe some people would just straight up ask, you know. Yep. Yeah. I think to yeah. You know, it's just just seeking it out. Is a people, people are nicer than even, even though like as you said, bar is bar and yeah, you know, the culture is the culture, kind of thing. <clears throat> people are nicer than you think,
1: you know. They really are. Yeah. You yeah, know, showing the the humility is. Um, uh, I mean, you know, if like anybody that shows the humility first. To me, I mean, I automatically am like, wow, that person, you know, they didn't have to do that and they didn't have to ask it, but they must really like want help, right? Or to to do something like where they go out of their way to to ask for some feedback or something like that. And honestly, if you're in the, you know, that position where you can give that kind of feedback, that's that's really rewarding that, you know, I think most people would feel this way. It's really rewarding that somebody looks up to you and wants your help. So I think, yeah, there's there's no one who should feel shy about asking from anyone because, you know, that's that's just a compliment to that other person that, you know, that I look at your, I value your feedback that much. And um, I hope more people try to, you know, reach out to anybody. They find uh, a mentor, or a good dancer, or whatever it may be.
0: Well, I know this is a, this is a question that, that I <coughs> came from new teams, new dancers kind of deal. Um, set creation, hmm. excitement creation. Yeah. Uh, just creation of choreography for, for a routine. You know, you've been doing it for a long time. So what would you, like, I, I don't even want to give you, like, a prompt. The, the prompt, <laughs> I kind of want you to just go, like, you know, you, you have someone that's brand new, you know. How do, how do we create
1: great choreo? So, again, this is just a way uh I've gone about it and I'll be the first to tell you I don't feel like I'm the most creative at all. Um, you know, especially coming with more of a like originally just kind of a like a live, more simpler, kind of process oriented background where, you know, most live sets follow like a certain kind of uh formula you can say, right? From subst to to you know, General you know, Tamal, blah blah blah, right? So <clears throat> Um, I think from my standpoint, it's important when you're looking at set creation to know that aspect of it. And why I say it's important to know that, you know, kind of how, why a a live set is done the way it is. It's not necessarily that that's the only, that formula has any particular reason, you know, that, that it's uh, better. It's because... That formula has been there from a flow standpoint, really. I think that's that's the best thing, right? So, you know, for example, if I'm doing a hopping type of step, something like a tamal, and the next step goes into a biddi or tapping type of step, right? Or fulka or something like that. You know, did that really flow? Because I went from one type of foot movement completely down the other. So it's not just cutting steps together and placing them in in, in order of uh, of whatever you think you know. Just just kind of goes there. Think about where is my hand placement. Uh, you know what are my legs doing at that point? Uh, how do I want to change it at a certain point? You know what do I add? Do I add a spin? Do I add a drop? Uh, to transition from that hop to that to that. Um, Tap, for example. So those are, I think, the nuances that from at least a flow standpoint and a set creation standpoint, a team who's been able to do that really well, their choreography flows, right? Because they're able to uh, flawlessly, you know, make one step go well into the next because they understand where that step ends and where the next one begins and how you go from point A to point B. I think uh, some teams have that problem where, you know, they for example they think oh this is a chumar segment and so you know i'm gonna do like slow chumar here but you know oh now i'm just gonna bust into fast chumar because yeah it's a type of chumar so to speak right but that that's not how you want to look at creating it's not just a set is a a group of steps that you cut in whenever you feel or a segment i should say is a group of steps that you cut in i think from uh, like hype and you know creating choreography that's unique and and impactful uh it has to It has to represent you at the end of the day right so for me you know something that would resonate with me for example i'm a big brazilian soccer fan for example right when the 2014 world cup was going on i mean i would personally i would feel like incorporating something that had to do with that would resonate with like with my pangrao right because That's something I'm passionate about. I could do that to that song, you know, and I'd feel happy doing it, right? So I think you have to be very representative of like what stands out to you and, and what do you care about? What gets you going? What motivates you? Right. And, Figure out a way to, of course, you know, you don't want to do all kinds of random stuff that that doesn't fit with the choreography, but figure out how you can incorporate that kind of mentality, that kind of motivation into your choreography. Um, And that will make it unique and impactful because if you're performing it with that impact, the audience will see it. I think that's that's one of the most important things. You know, sit down and say, write down, what are three things that really I like as a person or my team likes or, you know, what stands out to the identity of who we are um, and how can we incorporate that, uh, you know, into our bangra. And, you know, we've, we've tried that exercise here and there and it's, it's worked for us sometimes. So just something I think got to help with choreography. Okay.
0: Something, something that, uh, a question that I have that I've gotten as well, kind of a, a follow-up on that is you know i don't what will be said is i don't understand uh the, the you know can you go can you explain more about the flow but someone can you know can argue like oh like i can do like i can do this to this to this and you yeah know, yeah I, I, <clears throat> like yeah you can do it how would you <clears throat> tell somebody like teach somebody how to be able go, to identify yeah. it you know deep, absolutely even deep deeper than that
1: uh, so take, it, take a step and say, was I able to complete all four or two beats or whatever to where I completely, perfectly executed those four beats? And the next step, whatever it may be, or four beats was also perfectly, perfectly executed. And you find that's actually a great barometer. For example, right? If you did, good job. Simple Punjab step and you cross over when you're on that third and your fourth beat and you're bringing your leg up and over on that last fourth beat and then you have to go into, you know, let's say a fast song with a type of tamal, you're not going to complete that fourth beat perfectly. There's no way physically because your body's not going to be able to go up, over, plant and then bring up your left leg again quickly, you know, enough for a hopping type step in tamal. So... Really look at those transitions in between steps and say, okay, was I really physically able to, to complete that step? And I, I think that's a good checklist, right? Whenever you're doing any kind of choreography creation from a flow standpoint, that does that work? Because you'll find that naturally, right? You're always going to be able to easily go from a tap to a tap to a, and again, I'm not saying that's the only way you can do bong, absolutely not. But you're going to find that things naturally work that allow you to complete those steps, uh, you know, before. Um, so that, so that's that's definitely uh, one way to look at it too. And then, kind of going a little further in the actual execution set. Not only okay from, you know, an, uh, just the step itself. Like you know, am, am I doing my lower body right too? But am I am I really showing that step fully to the audience too? Because that's another thing where uh, sometimes the way the set is created, you know. The step itself isn't necessarily done to where it's showing to the audience. Maybe maybe there's good execution, but maybe you're doing it in a way where it's not angled, you know, to the best of the, or the formation kind of hurts it a little bit, right? To where you don't have yourself fully engaged to the audience. So think about that too, that the you know, formations can add that level of trickiness, obviously, right? That along with just the choreo and, and, you know, the actual moves, how does that formation also allow for that step to be viewed in its maximum uh, capacity, too? And I think if you look at those two things, you know, if you can, if you can check those off, oh, why not? Why doesn't that step flow from one to the other? That's kind of the way I look at it when, when I'm, like, looking at it. Well, thank you very much, LaVish. Thank you, guys. We'll definitely be doing it again soon. Absolutely, and uh, look forward to uh, Vice Versa, too, Any yeah. a chance to... Any shout outs? Anything you want to say? Close it out. No, shout out to my mama. Um, Shout out to Amandeep for the McFlurry. Uh, Actually, real talk though, uh, you know, Ram's not even awake, so I don't really feel like giving him a damn shout out. But um, shout out to him for, you know, really taking the initiative on this whole podcast. and, And Sid, obviously, you too. And the crew involved um you know th- thank you guys for for having me out here and brianca too for asking the tough uh tough general questions <laughs> out there someone had
2: to say it <laughs> yeah I mean, it's on the
1: mind of many teams uh you know not not only uh your own and i faced the same challenges you know when, when i was in that position so i completely understand where you're coming from um but yeah i hope uh i hope everybody like you know one of the things i think we talked about was a takeaway is reach out you know to to other dancers i hope that's something that at least uh, is a takeaway from in this podcast you know there's there's no shame in doing it uh, like Sid said and um and yeah well thank you again guys for your time
0: hey thanks so much for listening to another episode of the bangana podcast do you have any ideas of what we should talk about If so, email us at BhangraTeamsPodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at TheBhangraPod. And if you like this podcast, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so that you get the podcast automatically downloaded as soon as it hits the feed. And if you really want to help us out, please leave a review on iTunes and let us know how we're doing. Today's featured mix is Sarangi Warrior by Van City Bungara Entertainment and DJ Birdzilla. Link in the show notes.